Selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... As easy as pie? Sure. All you have to do is enter your license plate or VIN. As easy as a stroll in the park. Okay. Then just answer a few questions and you'll get a real offer in seconds. As easy as singing. Why not? Schedule a pickup or drop-off and Carvana will pay you that amount right on the spot. As easy as playing guitar. Actually, I find that kind of difficult. But selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... Can be. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get an instant offer today. If you had lived in Grimsby in the UK in February 1923, you would have sensed the sadness in the streets because locals were picking up the newspapers and hanging their heads in sorrow. The Sargon, a steam fishing trawler which had launched from Grimsby only a few weeks before, was now considered, quote, much overdue. She was last sighted on February the 2nd, just off the North Cape. But they should have been home by now. There was no sight of the Sargon. And so the newspaper was making the ominous announcement. The Sargon must, quote, be presumed lost with all hands. This was a heartbreaking situation, and it was a mystery for the colleagues, friends, and family of the men who had been lost at sea. And yet, over time, a fascinating story would be pieced together about what had happened to the trawler, and it was a voyage that would surprise everybody. Well, I'm Peter Laws, and tonight we take to the sea to explore our curious past with Trapped in the Ice, the astonishing sea voyage of the Sargon. The Sargon began its fateful journey on January the 5th, 1923, when it sailed from Grimsby. The crew waved to friends and loved ones from the dock before turning toward the vast open water. And they sailed up into the icy North Sea, heading northwards with Denmark to their right. When only one day into their journey, something happened that they did not expect. It was nighttime and the weather was ferocious. There's something frightening about the surging sea at night. I always remember this as a kid. The first time I looked over a pier at the sea at nighttime, it was terrifying. This massive black mass just undulating and moving underneath and thinking about the depths beneath it? Scary stuff. Well, the Sargon was pushing through this shocking and frightening storm and the sea at night. And they were battling through the chaos when one of the crew suddenly spotted a light in the sky. It was a distress rocket firing through the rain, and it was coming from somewhere out there in the howling darkness. The skipper of the Sargon was called John Patton, and he ordered the ship to move at full speed ahead, cutting a line through the horrific waves to reach the signal. It took them hours to battle toward the light, but as they came closer, they started to see a shape appearing. It was another trawler, and it was in extreme distress. This ship was a Scottish fishing trawler called the Ethel Nutton, and the fierce gale was rocking it from side to side, rolling it on mountainous waves, and its fate looked grim. So, as the Sargon got closer, dawn began to break, and now they could finally see the ship clearly and its crew. They saw eight men who were soaked to the skin, shivering and crying for help, clinging to the rigging. 
of the Nutton, holding onto the masts to stop themselves being swept overboard and falling into the North Sea. The skipper of the Sargon Patton went to order the Sargon's lifeboats to be dropped so the men could be rescued. But then he realized that their lifeboat had come loose in the angry storm and had been swallowed by the waves. What could they do to help? Patton ordered the Sargon be brought closer, and then he shouted across, trying to be heard above the raging sea, saying, My boats have gone! My boats have gone, but I'll come as close as I can! Fasten the lines to yourselves, and throw the ends to my men as we come past! This was an incredibly risky maneuver, to bring the Sargon so close to the chaotic Ethel Nutton. And he was fully aware that if a surge of waves or wind caused the two hulls to clip one another, both ships would be doomed. But Patton was brave and determined, and he managed to get the Sargon just a few meters away from the Nutton. He got close enough for the exhausted crew of the Nutton, with their ropes now tied around their bodies, to toss their lines across the water, and the Sargon sailors grabbed the ropes, and then the Nutton crew made the frightening leap into the water, crashing into the shocking cold as they were frantically dragged through. Three men were saved on that first attempt. Then Patton tried the maneuver again several times. And to give you an idea of just how close the ships got, it was on the last attempt that the Nutton crew realized that actually they could just take a running jump. Just imagine that, these two ships in the midst of a storm so close that these men who were desperate to get off the ship and unsure if it would hold them for another run just took advantage of the short gap and they sprinted and jumped across with a wild sea underneath them. And they landed and slid along the soaked deck of the Sargon and they were safe. It had been a daring and bold rescue, but now all eight members of the Nutton crew were safe. And so the Sargon turned their ship and headed back towards Scotland to drop the men at their home port of Granton. Patton and the crew of the Sargon were hailed as heroes when they arrived in Scotland as well they were. Now one of the Sargon crew was a man called H. Beavers and he had been hurt during the rescue attempt. So badly, in fact, that he was no longer fit enough to work on the Sargon crew as a deckhand. And so in Scotland, he left the ship. And so Patton had to replace him by signing on a man from Granton called John Bell. Now, Patton didn't stick around to enjoy the adulation of the grateful Scottish people. They had fish to catch. So he ordered the Sargon to turn around and they headed back out into the sea. They started to head north heading up into the Norwegian Sea and around Norway's North Cape. And the heroes of the Sargon were sighted by another standard fishing trawler on February 2nd, 1923. But this was thought to be the last time the ship was ever seen, because by April, it was made official. The heroic Sargon crew were somehow lost at sea, and all 12 crew were assumed to be dead. Their fate was a mystery at that time, but we have now been able to piece together what happened on that ship, and it was a terrifying voyage for them. The Sargon had reached its destination on January the 28th, and they were now in the White Sea where fishing was thought to be good, and so they set down their nets to bring in a haul. Yet the fishing there was not particularly good at all. In fact, things seemed so sparse that Patton the skipper was about to give up on the entire fishing expedition he decided to head back home with a disappointing catch. Until, 
something caught the eye of the crew. A huge shoal of fish came racing through the water. Patton ordered his men to immediately drop the nets, and they were able to pull in one of the biggest catches of Patton's entire career. Their trip, which had been filled with adventure so far, had been worth it after all. Now this was a steam trawler powered by coal, and so they were low on fuel at this point. Certainly not enough to get them all the way home, but Patton wasn't so worried. They'd call in at Tromso port in Norway, and they'd refuel there with all the coal they needed to get them back. And yet, something went wrong. It was the evening after their big catch. The Sargon finally turned to make the long journey back, and yet as they headed towards Tromso, something they had dreaded started to appear. Huge plates of floating ice and icebergs, and with it, the wind was growing fierce. The presence of the wind and the ice slowed their progress hugely. So much, in fact, that a worried pattern was afraid that they would run out of coal before they even reached Tromso, which would be an absolute disaster. And that is exactly what happened. The crew kept frantically shoveling the coal they had into the engine as they pressed on towards Norway. But there was nothing they could do when the men had the disturbing task of shoveling up the very last pile of coal. They threw it into the steam engines, and soon after they started to putter out. They were now dark on the ocean, and they were out of fuel, and they were drifting into the cold night. Things became much worse when the snow came. It was whipped up by squalls, which are sudden gusts of violent wind. Since all the winds were carrying so much snow, the visibility plunged to zero. All around them, the crew could see only white mist. And now those winds were starting to push the Sargon to the northwest, way off the shipping lane that they'd been heading in. Without any coal to even light fires for warmth, the crew had to cope with the biting cold. And so they gathered in one of the smallest cabins and they huddled together, shivering. They could tell that the cold was getting way too dangerous. They would not survive floating in the freezing blackness if they didn't get some fire at least. And so in their desperation, they grabbed anything that would burn and started to light a fire. They stripped the wood from their bunk beds. They prized wooden paneling from the walls of the ship. They threw in their fishing nets and anything else that might go up in flames. And yet it was useless because the wind was relentlessly sending them north and their fuel, even the wood from their bunk beds, was running out and it was getting colder and colder still. They had to cope with this horrendous situation until late February when the weather finally started to calm down. The squalls cleared and the wind died away and finally visibility began to return. And as it did, what they were beginning to dread became the case. You see, the ship had recently stopped drifting or even rocking, which could only mean one thing. As the storm cleared, they looked out over the side of the boat and they did not see water beneath them. They saw solid white ice. It had been so cold that the sea around them had turned to solid ice and now they were truly trapped. 
Now that their food supplies were completely exhausted, they started to eat some of the fish they had caught earlier. In fact, it was all they had. And so for days upon days, they just lay in that cabin, cramped together for warmth and just waiting to die. The skipper, Patton, was trying hard to get them home. He was up on the deck trying to plot their position by using the stars, but the desperate situation even got to him and in a moment of pure despair and emotional overwhelm, Patton grabbed his sextant and he just threw it overboard. Because he knew this was impossible, they could not break from this ice, not without fuel. And they even had no idea where they were. Things got even more ominous on April the 1st, when Patton was looking out at sea from the deck. He saw what looked like mountains on the western horizon. Perhaps for a moment he thought they were coming towards land, but these mountains slowly grew in size to reveal themselves. Icebergs. They were floating on the water and they were drifting with a slow and dreadful intent toward them. They had to watch these icebergs growing and moving closer for hours, knowing that once those huge chunks of ice hit, it would almost certainly send the Sargon down into an icy grave below. As they were watching this dreadful set of ice mountains approaching, suddenly something hit the ship. It was a huge and sudden roar, and the solid ice that had trapped the Sargon cracked and suddenly the ship was bobbing in water again, and the force of the break threw the crew flat out on the deck. Yet still, the Sargon couldn't go anywhere, so it just bobbed on the water at the mercy of the waves, waiting for those huge icebergs that were coming towards them to smash into the side. And as the icebergs grew close, it must have been terrifying, because these massive bergs were suddenly rearing up out of the water and crashing down. At any point, some of these icebergs could simply keel over and split the ship in two, or possibly even shoot up out of the water and split the hull. And so they just sat there for hours, waiting to die of either hypothermia, starvation, or drowning from the icebergs hitting the ship. Until something astonishing happened. After being at the mercy of these icebergs, A huge wall of ice came sliding past the ship, and the sailors winced, thinking it was surely going to topple them. But once it slid by, they could suddenly see again. At last, they could see open water. The perils of those ice mountains had passed them by, like a spaceship battling through an asteroid belt. And so for the next four days, the Sargon, still without fuel, just drifted at sea. But then, on April the 5th, a miracle happened. They were spotted by a German trawler called the Schleswig-Holstein. And just as the Sargon had rescued the Nutten, now the Holstein pressed forward to rescue the Sargon. The Germans threw ropes so that they could tie the Sargon to theirs, and then they towed them into the open water toward Reykjavik. And there the men could finally get on land again to get warmed up and fed and cleaned. And after being trapped in a hellish white nightmare, they were able to refuel the Sargon and fire up the steam engines. Maybe they wept with relief or cheered in joy, but Patton ordered them to head south. And they sailed home to Grimsby. The fishing town by that point was filled with people who had lost all hope. 
By now, the families of the crew had already filed insurance claims and were in line for compensation for their lost loved ones. And so their jaws dropped when they looked out to sea. Is that a ghost ship on the horizon? No. It was the skipper, John Patton, leading his crew back from the dead. It's a shame that the story of the Sargon isn't better known. I struggled to find other podcasts, articles or videos about this ship's voyage, which is a surprise because their journey was astonishing, really. The very definition of an emotional roller coaster. They saved the crew of the Ethel Nutton and are hailed as heroes. And yet soon after, they are hurled into despair, trapped in an icy white hell that almost certainly looked fatal. Until, when all seemed lost, the way opened up and they drifted back to life. I wonder, do you ever find yourself in this sort of emotional roller coaster? Have you been on top of the world only to find yourself moving into bleak and challenging waters? I know I've had that experience. I'm sure you have too. Well, if it is you at the moment, if you're in the midst of the dark sea, just remember, when you think there's nowhere left to turn, if you feel trapped in ice, a way may be about to open up that you never expected. And perhaps when we face the ebb and flow of our challenging lives, it may be worth remembering tonight's astounding journey. Because sometimes... Even if you feel lost in a fierce sea, you might just find that this very same sea is slowly drifting you back home. I'm Peter Laws, and you've been listening to our curious past, Trapped in the Ice, the astonishing sea voyage of the Sargon. When picking a commerce platform, you have two choices. Oh, you piece of Or... Yeah! I prefer... Don't you? That's the sound of selling on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform that supercharges your selling. Online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Why battle inferior platforms' weak tools? You... Lack of brand control. That looks like... And limited integrations. What if help to know this stop leaving sales on the table join the millions of businesses around the world growing on shopify and get the industry-leading tools from the best converting checkout to powerful order management features gain control with code-free site design and harness shopify's limitless integrations for limitless growth shopify less more sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash profits 23 that's shopify.com slash profits 23 shopify.com slash profits 23 taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps and saving up to 30 dollars a month on cox internet with the affordable connectivity program makes those steps easy to take whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. 
Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC.